Cool, a very Bravo podcast. I'm Elizabeth, and I'm joined by my rambunctious little co-host, Mr. Alex Rand. Hi, Alex. I know you want it, and I'm here to give you more and more of it. <gasps> oh, Alex. Yeah, because my last name is Miranda. Yeah, and we can't call you Luann Stan Miranda anymore, and how after this week? Oh, no, I, I love her even more. <laughs> Imagine if that was my stance. I'd double down. <laughs> we'll get into it. A lot of this is stemming from her not being able to drink, let's be real. Oh, I think it's brought oh, out a very angry side of her. I didn't think of it like that. I have a different take, but I definitely think that's going to be a part of it. Hmm. Hmm. We are also joined by my lovely sister and our co-host, Miss Julie Baker. Hi, Jules. I've set the price right, and I'm coming for every penny. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Gave us a very intriguing look there. Yeah, your excitement level versus what you read did not match. <laughs> Explain yourself. <laughs> I feel buried by my own possessions that I've purchased. <laughs> you? <laughs> Me. <laughs> And so I've been thread-upping for a few years. Julia, you can't out our secret. They're finally giving out clean-out bags again. But now (laughs) I've taken it to another level because there's certain items that I do not wear because I do not like them. Remember, I have purchased all these things by myself. Yes, yes, yes. I feel like they're not thread-up level. I feel like they are worth more than that. So I'm going to start Poshmarking things. I set up a Poshmark account today, and on Monday... I will be uploading items Are to you buy. really? This sounds like a ruse. This sounds on the same lines of I'm not buying anything ever again. Something I hear about once every other week from you. I mean, everything that comes in, something has to go out because I'm currently being buried. Oh boy, Jules. Well, that's exactly what I thought you meant by your tagline, but I'm happy you confirmed it for me. <laughs> okay, <Thank you>. perfect. <laughs> Now, I took after Alex, and I decided to make an alternative tagline for one of our housewives this week. So here is an alternative tagline for Kathy Hilton, who didn't even get a tagline since she's just a friend of. So Kathy Hilton, take out a pin. I can perform a root canal and cut a side swept bang. Being a jack of all traits is my claim to fame. Ooh. Ooh. I'm having a fun time imagining her stumbling through that. <laughs> Okay, I can perform a root canal. <laughs> Whose code is this? I think her tagline should just be, leave me alone, Kyle. <laughs> what a queen. Oh my goodness. Yeah, lots of thoughts on Kathy, and I want to get into it so badly. But first, we have to make a stop off on Roni. What an uncomfortable episode. So we have lots of stuff to cover this episode, but let's let's start a nice Nice and semi-hard. How about how about that for us? A half chub. Uh, yeah, that okay. was a, a half chub penis. Um. So you thought the guy was cheating? I think. I mean, can you maintain a halfer? That I love long? that your take was it was a full chub that they just decided it was a half chub because they just had to believe it could get bigger. Yeah. Wait, whose take are you saying that was? I thought that was Alex's take. He seems confused by that take. <laughs> Oh, no, I thought Wait, Alex thought he was fully hard the whole time. But the girls kept saying it was definitely half there. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just saying it's like it's weird at all that it would be a half chub that whole time is what oh, I'm saying. Oh, I got it. As the only person who knows how this works, I'm yeah, going to take, we'll take your word, word for it, it Alex. <laughs> Standing there the whole time with a half chub? And That's how what did, I'm saying. Yeah, how do you know. do that? You can't do that. 
So do you think he was just hard the whole time? Though no, those pi- the, pi- the images no. would have looked much different if that was the case. Also, props yeah. to Bravo for not blurring out their crude drawings. I was so ready to see this beautiful painting. What did I get? Um, basically a circle, two dots, and a smiley face, and then a super realistic <laughs> dick drawing attached to it. <laughs> I feel like they should auction off that art, though, because... Oh, I'd buy it. We would come out with our little... Yeah, we'd have that and the Gorga, the Gorga parents' paintings. Those would be on our walls, <laughs> side by side. So the ladies go from being horrified by Leah's sex talk to immediately being just head over heels for this man and his may or may not be half-chubbed penis. Mm-hmm. An interesting again impossible juxtaposition. <laughs> there was quite a weird collection of just like hypocrisy. Leah saying she's sex positive and then calling all the girls at the table whores, and Ramona being mad at Leah for talking about sex stuff in front of Avery, and then later going on to Victoria, Lou's daughter, and talking about sex stuff. Yes. Interesting. Will they realize this when they're watching back these episodes? No, they will not. They will not see the hypocrisy. There is no way. Unless Elizabeth H. from California has something to say on the uh, reunion. No, they will not. But I I don't think this is even going to get covered. I have a feeling this is the least of our problems. Should we submit? We should submit questions. I always thought they were fake questions. You know what? I also thought group trips were paid for by Bravo. And I was like, why are we pretending one of the housewives plans it? But now we know. And then Kenya planned a trip and we realized that no, the houses are actually expected to do some planning. And if they haven't, nothing happens. And because drama stems from that, as we've seen. And again, there's no facade here. These are real shows about real people. Documentaries, Alex. Yes. Speaking of that, I did appreciate seeing Nicole again. A real person. <gasps> yes. I shout out to season one, Roni. Like episode two. Yep. Nicole, who lives in downtown that Luann likes to be around to feel young. I'm just now putting that together. That's, that is great. <laughs> I thought for sure you would have gotten that. <laughs> I wish I had put that together. There was just so much going on. I mean, Alfredo was playing music. There was the guy with the impossible half chub. There's a lot going on for me to really... Take that in. Can we talk about Alfredo? Yes. (laughs) And I have to give Ramona props for her Alfredo analysis, which was, you know, Lou brings Alfredo, this guitarist, for Sonia. And Ramona says, musicians aren't Sonia's type. Sonia's type are Lou's type. But Lou would never set Sonia up with a guy that she could potentially be with. And I did not know that Ramona was that observant. So... I'm very impressed. Ramona, however, falling for his charms. Crying, mm-hmm. sitting there crying. She did a weird Crying and shimmy. feeling very sensual. I like oh. that she was trying. She rubbed her chest, Elizabeth. Yeah. <laughs> she was sensual. And then immediately goes inside and thinks that her weird come to Jesus with Sonia went so well, she'll do it to Leah too. And it does not have the same outcome. Well, that's weird because... Right before that, she's very dismissive of it and is like, just FaceTime her. And then has that 180 where she's like, this is the most important woman to you ever. And so she's like giving Leah whiplash. <laughs> yeah. I think Leah has a point when she's getting frustrated because Ramona talks about how, you know, oh, Leah, you're so crude. You're so crude. 
But um, Ramona, we've seen you shit your pants on camera multiple times. Also, we have seen you go home with guys. She used to wear lingerie mm-hmm. and prance around Maria. We were welcomed into their bedroom. This is baloney. She hates P's and C's and D's. That that thong pic was on Instagram. Oh, yeah. The one that she took with Leah oh, and yeah. Ebony. So I don't know why she's acting like this is all new info to her. All this sexy stuff. Ramona. At least Leah and Ramona can bond over screaming in a healing fashion. I think that someone should do like a YouTube re-edit of these episodes into like a horror movie called The Healing, which is just all of them having these really (laughs) cathartic screams. Maybe I'll do it. I guess I'll do that. I think you should, Alex. Sound like you're volunteering yourself. The Healing. All right, I think we need to do some healing and talk about the lamb curry. Give it up to Garth. He followed through. It's he lamb. Did. He got lamb. And it was amazing. And I made a crack about it not being something to be jealous over. But I personally found myself jealous of this lamb curry that they were eating. So good thing that's the only thing that happened at that lunch. Yeah. And they all enjoyed it and went about their ways. The worst part about the Ebony Lou thing is Ebony was not saying anything crazy or outlandish or pointing fingers. She was just saying facts. And I don't know how Lou turned that into this bizarre roundabout attack. And also, if we're going to talk about people yelling at a table, we had high-pitched squeal yelling from Ramona and Leah. Also, we had Lou screaming at Ebony, you're so angry, you're yelling. (laughs) And know what's the worst part? You know, Lou is watching this back, not seeing an issue. I saw season one Lou, that episode. This is... Yeah. Bethany, you can't introduce me to your driver as Luann. It's the Countess Delicep. That's who was at that table. It's also season three, Sonia from Scary Island sitting there smiling <laughs> as everything is just going crazy around her. Yeah. Yes, Sonia, so sage, so wise. I know. If you would have told me last episode that Sonia Morgan was going to be like the pillar of truth backing up Ebony, being the surrogate audience, being like, what's going on here? I would have never believed you. She got it all out the last couple episodes. She got it all out. Now she can do this. Yeah, she stopped taking the water pills. Yeah, I think that might be part of the problem. So Alex, (laughs) you think... Part of this is Lou's sobriety. She's not handling it well. Absolutely. She's been snapping a lot this season. And is, mm-hmm. I mean, very obviously less chill than she tends to be. And like, because Lou usually just has a very like go with the flow, like whatever kind of attitude. I mean, the name of our podcast. Are you saying Luann is being on, uncool be cool. right now? I think she's being uncool. Gosh, and this is all we're going to talk about at the reunion, and I really think that Lou isn't going to say, I've seen the air of my ways. Ebony, I'm so sorry. I wish that I could have taken oh. a step back to see your point of view. That, next, none, of, none of that's going to happen. Next episode, she demands an apology from Ebony. I think it's going to get worse. Yeah, she's going to double down 100%. They're not at a point where they can just like hug and like make up like the core no. three of the cast do. Mm-mm. And watching Ebony go through that was one of the most painful things I've ever witnessed. I, like, could not watch. I was watching it from behind my hands. And Ebony is handling it all so gracefully, and she does not need to, but she is. And it's like, oh my gosh, I wish these women could see what we're seeing, and I know they won't. They can't. I don't think they no. can. But 
But you gotta love Leah's totally misplaced time at coming back in. And <laughs> she still thought it was about her. Amazing. Oh, Leah, so uh-huh. cute. <laughs> I know. You, hilarious. See, I think Leah would watch that and go, fuck, my timing's off. Oh, yeah, Leah's pretty self-aware. Uh-huh. And I hated her sex positive BX negative tagline, but we saw this episode that it came about organically. So now I like it. Also, Ramona didn't know what sex positive was, and we got a bunch of Ramona's famous laughs. Every time she does one of those, uh, my heart gets a little happier. Yeah, who would have thought that Lou was going to be the first cringy cast member? Right. And who would have thought we would watch the interaction with Luann and Ebony and then realize that it is exactly the same as what we're going to be watching the next night with Sutton and Crystal. Oh my gosh. And with that, let's go. So before we get into an incredibly dark episode of Beverly Hills, (laughs) I would like to start with a fun new little segment. Kathy Hilton Corner, some Kathy Corner of uh, all of our favorite Kathy Hilton moments. My favorite Kathy Hilton moment this week actually did not take place on Bravo TV. It took place on Instagram Live between Kathy and Kyle, where Kathy admitted to Kyle, people keep asking me how they can watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. What channel is it on? (laughs) Kathy Hilton does not know that Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is on Bravo TV. And I really love that for her. And I really think it goes with my theory, which is Kathy is not aware she is on a TV show. Like very Truman Show vibes. Yes. She strikes me as the type of person on social media, like a mom that would be like, who would comment like, call me. <laughs> she strikes me as that type of person that uses the internet. She's she's that, Alex, or she's somebody who posts a picture of like you and your girlfriend at the beach and then she comments on it like, Uncle Steve died yesterday. It was terrible with like a huge, really graphic thing. By the way, your Aunt Carol's getting divorced. She's She's definitely that person on social media. Alex, what's your favorite Kathy moment of the week? Everyone's, I'm assuming, which is at 1.05 a.m. She was drinking a Red Bull because she thought it was a soft drink. (laughs) And then just a little while later, eating chips and reading a newspaper. That's some funny shit. Can't write it. Red Bull has been around for years, and Kathy Hilton has never encountered one. But it's like she's she's doing it while keeping, like, all the lights on in the room. Kyle's, like, questioning her every step of the way, and she's still doing it. Sitting in bed, crunching away. She's completely in her own world. And Kyle says that, like, she's always kind of done that. And she's always been, like, a late riser, so she's just, like, kooky in the midnight hours. I love her. For any other housewife, especially in a city like Beverly Hills, having someone not participate in an outing would have been the drama that propelled the next five episodes. Kathy doesn't show up and everyone just thinks it's funny. It's hilarious. They knew it'd be good content. And then when they come back, she has put eardrops in her eyes because no one was around to help her out. I have a theory and I think I'm amongst many that Kathy is on a very good cocktail. There might be a little opioid in this cocktail. Something's up with mm-hmm. Miss Kathy. A little I, a Red Bull in there too, probably. A Red Bull base for it. I thought the history of Kathy being her late rising self and having 
tinfoil on the windows as blackout curtains during her childhood and just everyone knew that you couldn't go wake up Kathy or else your head would be bitten off is just further evidence towards me thinking that Kathy is a serial killer. And I mean this with most respect Mm. to Kathy. And with utmost seriousness too. Oh, yes. We have her waking up with her tinfoil bedroom with hair and teeth in her hands not knowing what had transpired the night before. And that is my favorite moment in Kathy Corner. Also, we have to just shout out Kathy to her prank that ended up going awry. Honestly, good prank though. Out of Housewives, good prank. A seamless liar. Serial killer Kathy. Hold on though. Again, I say this with love and respect towards Kathy. But don't you think that pranking her it's like landing on deaf ears to some extent like she's not i don't think it's really gonna register to her kathy is constantly (laughs) pranking herself you put eardrops in your eyes gotcha kathy oh kathy and when they were so proud they pranked the prankster you could tell she had no idea what they were talking about she had no clue that's what i'm saying Okay, but she was able to pull off her prank, which was impressive. It was a good prank. (laughs) That was good. So, hey, um, I was tricked. Were you tricked? I was totally tricked. That is hilarious. Ordering a water with olives in it to make it look like a martini and then knocking them back. Great. I was totally tricked. I Mm -hmm. thought the most impressive part about Kathy's prank was she was able to remember Dorit's name, look up Dorit's phone number in her phone, and then text Dorit. Genius. Well, she's like a prank savant. When she gets to prank mode, that's just when it all turns on. <laughs> she remembers Dorit's name and goes for it. Also, it was impressive that Kyle didn't know. Maybe she thought she was telling Kyle when she told Garcelle. And so she's like, Kyle, what are you talking about? I told you. Probably true. Detective Doty Award. Thank you, Kathy Hilton. The only... <laughs> Comedic oh relief God. of Beverly Hills. She's always okay. So there is a f- fan theory on Bravo Housewives um, Reddit from Hoodwitch that the theory is Kathy Hilton is pulling off a Paris and is faking her blissfully unaware persona to rehab her image. Uh, I'm gonna say no. I think no. this is who she is. No, I don't think so. Either that or she's the best actress ever. She's a prankster. Is she ever going to get in the nitty gritty drama? Right now I would say no, but she's gone years not talking to Kyle. So you know she has it in her to get mean. Julia, did she go years not talking to Kyle or did she forget about Kyle? Or was she (laughs) hanging out with Garcelle the whole time? Uh, okay. Well, I guess we will soon see what Kathy's got in her. Should this end Kathy Corner? End Kathy Corner. Okay, now we have to get into it. No, I wish we could just stay in Kathy Corner. (laughs) I'm going to say I can summarize Sutton's talk with Crystal and Sutton's freaking out about the best prank ever with one little phrase that Sutton leans in the wrong way. We start off the episode, Crystal saying to Sutton, are you one of those girls? Are you a person who says you don't see race? And you can tell Sutton is like, oh, I know the answer to this one. (gasps) Yes, I do not see race. So confidently. And you can tell in the moment she's like, I am fucking killing this. And she says that being called racist is the worst thing that can happen to you while she's talking to a person of color. Describe 
microaggressions in their everyday life and how difficult it is. Oof. Crystal was way too nice. You know who we shouldn't let off the hook also in this situation is Kyle. Who, Fucking like, Kyle! Who, bonding with her in that moment. And it's like, yes. yeah, she's like when I was talking to Garcelle the other day. Mm-hmm. I feel like she's going to be let off the hook for that, and I just want to oh, make yeah. it clear that she shouldn't be. No, absolutely not. And Crystal was so nice to them and gave them so much grace, where, and again, I really, I really don't feel like they deserved it. I mean, she went out of her way to have that talk with Sutton outside, just like one-on-one. Crystal's putting in the work. And what does Sutton say to Crystal? I will not be performing this sentence in a Southern accent. If I offended you or made you angry at me for crying, I did not mean to do that. I like how she didn't apologize for not letting her talk about her experience being an Asian American woman or belittling her experience as like a human being. Her apology was, I'm sorry that you're such an asshole when I cried. It made you feel uncomfortable. (laughs) Because my whole life... People have thought I was a racist, and that is the trauma I carry with me. That's her whole fucking thing. Crystal really is rolling with it. She is acting like nothing has happened. Like, I don't think I could do that. I could not be that cool. Even if it was about something, like, way smaller than this, I'd be so uncomfy. We go to dinner. They start palling around. They bond together in the car. Yes. And then... I don't know if I noticed it more because Sutton was such an asshole to Crystal, but when they were doing the weird bike thing, Sutton was such a drag. Mm -hmm. Saying they were going too fast, saying that she's scared of heights. Like, bitch, we came here on a private plane. You weren't freaking out about that. And then we get to dinner, and we're doing the fun water shots You think it's an act. She acts like the victim. I think Sutton is the victim because Sutton wants to be the victim because she wants attention and she's so self-conscious and also so self-absorbed. She can't imagine things aren't about her. Mm -hmm. She can't imagine not being included in a joke. She sobbed. 10 out of 10 to Erica for this episode when Sutton asks her, don't you get called racist all the time because you're from the South? Erica looks at her with the biggest, what the fuck are you talking about face and just goes, no. (laughs) Oh, boy. And then Dorit turns and says very loudly to the rest of the table what the events that just transpired <laughs> a mere Kyle, did few you inches that? away. They weren't that far apart from each other. It was so funny hearing her just kind of like retell what just happened. <laughs> anyway, the, la- the only note I took at the end of this for like the last 20 minutes, um, like when Sutton starts getting like insecure about what's going on is that this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I truly, like, could not watch it. And we know when she walks into Crystal's room to give her her coat, Crystal's naked. Can you imagine if somebody walked in naked on Sutton? She would lose her mind. Mm -hmm. But this is all preview action. I know. Crystal is being way too nice to Sutton. Ugh. I'm ready to see those leather pants kick Sutton right in her exquisite derriere. Yes. I... Just have to end the segment, though, on Erica Girardi. Because this episode, she thanked her husband, who she's going to file for divorce from a mere few days after this trip ends. She thanked him for letting her be herself. And it it seems like she's truly still committed to their relationship as we go on this trip. Mm -hmm. 
I think so. I think she really loves him. I think it's, she actually does. So when she comes home from this trip, is he going to sit her down and say, we have to end this? This is what's going down? I think he's going to say, we have to make a plan now. Is she ignorant of everything right now in this moment on our television? Even after the two truths and a lie thing? Damn, am I being played? I don't know, (laughs) Alex. That's an excellent point. I guess we'll have to wait till next episode. Yes. Oof, you guys ready for awards? Yeah. All right, you guys, awards. I'm going to go first. My award is the Teresa Judice, well, she's not wrong, award. Named after Teresa from New Jersey, who isn't the most right, but she is right almost all the time. And I give this award to the guy in the elevator. From Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, the story Sutton told us, she recounts a story where a guy in an elevator once said, oh, you're from the South, you must be racist. I'd like to think that guy in the elevator is watching this back going, well, I wasn't wrong. <laughs> so congratulations, guy in the elevator. Alex, your award? My award <laughs> is the tagline reveal award. You know, sometimes the housewives have a tagline that you're kind of like, what are they talking about? Like Teresa from New Jersey, who said, they say it's never too late to start over. I say starting over never tastes so good, which I mean, I guess that's still not confirmed, but I think it's about about how she tastes herself. Yeah. (laughs) So that goes to, as we mentioned earlier, Leah from New York, the BS negative sex positive line, which is such a strange tagline, but I'm happy we got some closure on that. Congratulations, Leah. Yeah, Leah. All right, Julia. My award and I hope this one is reused, is the next city to deserve a Housewife Franchise Award. Oh my goodness. And I am gifting this coveted award to the city, Gardnersville, Nevada. The home of the most fugitives in the United States of America. Thank you, Erica Girardi, for that fun fact. Thank you, fugitives, wow. for being there. I hope you're being a successful fugitive if we know you're there. Yeah. What? Good hiding. <laughs> and um, and I really want to get my eyes on this. So anyway, congratulations, Gardnersville, Nevada. Great award. Erica Jane has been dropping so many you know exactly what's coming hints. Like the next time she says something about felonies or hiding out or people doing something against the law. I'm, Wearing a wire. Yeah, I'm ready for her to turn around Malcolm in the Middle style and just look at the camera. Like oh. she knows. We know. Well, what a week. I hope uh, next week is a little lighter. I think the aftermath of these two episodes will, in fact, not be lighter, but we will be viewing them all the same. How? And enjoying them. These are good That's cities. Right. They were. I. It was a good two episodes, and I can't believe I'm saying, like, gosh, I really hope we get to get to the uh, exploiting plane crash victims storyline. That's going to be so nice and light compared to what <laughs> we're dealing with now. Ah, uh, zesty. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me. Thank you, Elizabeth. Anytime. You can catch new episodes of the Don't Be All Like Uncool podcast every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Podbean. You can also follow us on Instagram at Like Uncool Podcast. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and mention it all.